0: Well, just to be with you this morning again, you know, and I really appreciate the invitation to come back again. And uh, you know, there's something happening in this place. You know, I came in this morning. I tried to get up a bit earlier, and Joe told me, asked him if the prayer meeting was on, and when I went into the prayer meeting. And I hear the prayers that are getting prayed. You know, and just the vision and the passion. Then we come in here from the prayer room to the worship. You know, and there's just there's a desperation. We sang it there. I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. There's a desperation for God to move. And I, just for the prayer room meeting to end here, there's a, a clear theme coming through about the fire of God. The fire of God falling. And I am completely convinced... You know that the fire of God is going to fall in this place. You know, I'm completely convinced of that. The fire of God is going to come and it's going to fall in this generation in many different places. The scripture says that he makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And who are his ministers today? It's me and you. We are ambassadors of Christ, ministers of reconciliation. The Bible says, you know, I'm completely convinced, you know, the presence of God coming, you know, they, they, those songs, you know, the, the passion and the desire, see when God does something, if you study history, you know, that it begins to, before God begins to move it begins to awaken individuals, and a desperation begins to come forth within their lives, and I'm seeing it this morning, with they're crying out for God to send his fire to send his holy fire, and I go to different places and sometimes I need to tone it down, you know, because there'll be some people that nobody might believe that the Bible's coming. Some places, some believe, some want it, but they're not sure. And that's fine. That's fine. Some people have been awakened to it. Some people will be awakened. But, you know, when you begin to talk about it, some people can think you're, you're, you're off your head. But, you know, I'm going to say it anyway. God is going to move in this generation. We are on maybe the cusp of something. It's hard to predict timing, but I believe it is not far away that God is going to move in. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14 uh, I just want to mention this verse and it says, for by one offering he perfected forever those who have been sanctified for by one offering he perfected forever those who have been sanctified. Now that verse there is talking about Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ going to the cross. And it says so. It's saying three things. It's saying He only had to do it once. It was an offering. And it says He perfected forever those who have been sanctified. Perfected, meaning they, they were justified. They wouldn't have to sacrifice animals again. Jesus Christ went to the cross once and for all, and he says it is finished, no more animal sacrifices, and he he bought something back for us, you know, and that is really to enter into this place of we are perfected, perfected meaning there, meaning justified, or meaning we have right standing with God. And that right standing with God isn't here one day and gone the next. It isn't here this week and away next week. What it's saying is if we go out there today and we get involved in a conversation that we regret and think, go home tonight and think, that was a bit unhealthy, Iraq and a. I'll let myself down here. We don't become unjustified. It says He has perfected us forever. And how has He done that? Through Jesus going to the cross. In other words, it's nothing that we have done, but everything that He has done. Meaning the just shall live by faith. Mentioned four times within the scripture. There's other verses that back that up. Romans chapter 5 verse 1, I know Tommy knows that verse, it was part of your testimony, and it says, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Then it's on to say, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9, for by grace we have been saved through faith. And that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, least any man should boast. Meaning it's a gift, salvation is a gift that we just need to receive. You know, the same as any gift. And how did it happen? In this very verse I mentioned, Hebrews 10 and 14, it's shown us, for by one offering, he perfected forever those who have been sanctified. So the three things that verse is saying is, Jesus Christ going to the cross... He perfected it, meaning we're justified, we're made righteous before God through what Christ done. Then we are sanctified or being sanctified, it says. We're being sanctified. How are we sanctified when the fire of God falls? What we're talking about in the prayer room this morning and what we're singing about this morning. When the fire of God falls in a person's life. But you know, Jesus Christ didn't want to go to the cross but it went so that we could be perfected so that we could be sanctified I was just reading a few chapters of the Bible yesterday the last few chapters of the book of Luke and the first few chapters of the gospel of John and this is what he says he says I have power to lay down my life but I have power to take it up again and it tells us very clearly that he came to the earth and even after he came to the earth the father was not forcing him to go to the cross and as time went on you know as time went on and that time got nearer uh, you can see very clearly he didn't want to go you know he says i have a baptism to be baptized with he says and how i wish it was already accomplished meaning he was talking about a baptism of suffering a cup of suffering and in the garden of gethsemane it tells us that his soul was crushed and distressed Even to the point of death. It was in a very, very, very dark place. And he began to submit himself to God. But first he says, Father, if there is any other way. If there is any other way, he says. But then he prayed. He went back to his disciples. He goes back and prays again. I think he might have prayed three times. And that third time he began to submit himself to God. And he says, not my will be done, but yours. You know, and in life, and even walking with God, and even within church, and within different relationships, and different challenges that we're going through, and family stuff, you know, sometimes we need to walk through things we don't want to get through. I remember just, not that week there, but the week before, between the Monday and the Thursday, five different things come up, challenges can come. In many different packages. You know. But sometimes it can to do with people. You know. Different people. But not always. And this was to do with different people. Five different things. And I, I got to the Thursday night. When I was in my, my bed. And I asked five different things. Happened just for Monday. Difficulties. Some of that stuff began to dissipate. Some, one, one, one or two issues were a bit more serious than others. And sometimes I, I thought. I mean I can see this far enough. You know I spent years just praying, praying, praying you know and I wasn't really in church much God had took me out of church took me out of work because I wasn't well and I spent years praying never had a lot of contact with people years of, I'm still in that season now of praying but now he's kind of took me out of that place again and connecting with people but sometimes you think I can see this far enough you know and sometimes you think oh I could give up you know it's so easy to give up but this is what the scripture says about Jesus Christ He says for the joy That was set before him. He endured the cross. And the challenges that you are going through right now, if you're going through challenges, God wants us to face them. And he wants to not give up for this joy ahead. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. God is going to do something. He is going to do something in your life and in my life. If we just stand the course. You know, Jesus... What was that joy set before him? It was me and it was you. That he perfected forever those who had been sanctified. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He became an overcomer. You know, a mighty overcomer. And the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. You know, when we begin to understand that justification that we're made right with God you know it should really begin to understand that I'm made right with God not by works least any man should boast but what he done on the cross you know uh, from now into eternity God doesn't change his opinion of me or you doesn't change his opinion he has perfected forever those who have been sanctified and we really begin to understand that and understand what Jesus Christ has done for us it should produce a heart Response within us, you know, to begin to want to be sanctified. But the last part of that verse says to begin to engage and participate in the sanctification process. You know, what is that sanctification process? It is when we're dealing with inward issues. You know, salvation doesn't just mean forgiveness. It means to be delivered. To be healed, it means it comes from the word sozo, the Greek word sozo, but it means to be delivered, to be healed, and to be made whole. In other words, we need to be sanctified, we need to be made holy, In some of us we can, you know, step into that justification part, meaning salvation, the forgiveness of sin. But we can resist the sanctification part. We can resist, we can accept justification, but resist the sanctification. And God wants us to participate in the full package. What is sanctification? What does it mean? It's really uh, an an experience with God, which is very personal. And it's really what we're singing about this morning, what we've been praying about. It's really when the fire of God Falls within our life, and God begins to do a deep work of grace. Within our lives. It begins to do something in our lives. it begins to prepare us for purpose. And prepare us for destiny. And I, I don't believe anybody is excluded at all. From a supernatural walk with God. And to engage in this sanctification process. But it's been taken a step forward. To say Lord I'm going to. You know. God you, I'm going to let you do a deeper work of consecration. Within my life and that sanctification, you know, it brings uh, that personal experience. It will always bring personal transformation. And you know, a lot of it is to do with your thinking. So much is to do with your thinking. I used to hear people teaching this years ago, and I, I, I'd never really got it. But recently, in the last few months, I've been getting to really understand, you know, what they're talking about with the thinking. In Romans chapter twelve. Verse 2, it says, Do not copy the behaviour and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, the more we are transformed, the more we come into the will of God for our lives. But listen to what it's saying here. It says, transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, we speak about strongholds in our life. And I used to think, they say it's to- to- all to do with the thinking. And I'm saying, how does that work? You know, because is it not to do with emotions? But our thinking, really, whether good or bad, empowers our emotions. You know, it powers our emotions. And, eh. Uh, how do we be? How do we get transformed by the renewing of our mind? We need to take this Bible. We need to get into the secret place and really allow God to sanctify our souls. We take this Bible and we begin to read it, and we begin to read it, and we begin to read it, and it will begin to bring transformation. It will begin to renew the mind. We were transformed into new people because many things we can take in in life through through what we watch. We'll be listening to, you know, our conversations. But I'm not going to go to any of the scriptures, but there's many scriptures that would we'll back up the, the statement that when the Bible's here talking about renewing the mind, it is through the Word of God. You know, there's many different verses back that up, although that verse, Romans 12 doesn't say the word of God, but there's other verses that do, and if we take that Bible and we begin to read it and begin to read it and begin to read it it will flush everything else out and that is a sanctification process that is really, the fire of God will fall on our lives, in Jeremiah it says, your word is like a fire your word is like a fire and your uh, word is also like a hammer, breaking the rock in pieces and we begin to take this Bible, and we begin to read it, and read it, and read it, and read it. It'll eventually, it'll bring transformation. You know, remember the scripture in Second Corinthians, chapter ten, verse four. For it says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds." Then it goes on to say, "Listen to this next." But casting down arguments, another very high thing. That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's the knowledge of God there. Bringing every thought into obedience to. I'm, I'm kind of getting the wording wrong here. Bringing every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought captive. So here again, it's telling us about our thoughts. It's our thoughts. Strongholds are empowered by our thoughts. And it's saying that. Uh, about being carnal, the, 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 the weapons of our birth are not carnal. That there, the things that speak about the knowledge of God. See, this here, this Bible is the knowledge of God and as we begin to fill ourselves with this Bible it will begin to dismantle strongholds in our lives emotional things within our lives that have started through thought patterns thought processes as we begin to flush ourselves out with the word of God we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind you know and it's not I don't believe it's just the word of God see when we listen to preaching whether it's in the church uh, whether it's on cds or, or, or on god tv or on youtube listen to preaching read books and if that teaching is inspired by the holy spirit that will also begin to renew our mind you know it'll begin to flush everything else out and we'll begin to view things with the perspective of a renewed mind and what that really looks like is really is God's perspective rather than our perspective. Because I spoke earlier about the challenges we go through. Last Sunday night I was driving a minibus over to the church I go to. I'm there some weeks in Uddingston. In, in, uh, so I'm driving over and uh, it comes to me, you know, about two of these particular challenges but were still ongoing. You know, they're beginning to dissipate a wee bit. One of them has and one of them, I think you know, might be okay in the days ahead, but there's been a serious kind of issue I've heard with somebody, and uh, I knew they would just blow up when I tried to address that, with they had done it, a person. you know, I knew they would just blow up and, uh, but I'm driving over, and these two se- separate things, that was just mention. I there were two separate challenges it came to me, and right away fear comes in, we, be- we can begin to get fearful and concerned or, or anxiety, and say I can see this far enough But I thought, I need to snap myself out of this here and begin to think, what does God say? What does God say? What is the promises that God has given me for that word? And I began to think about the promises. And one thing God has told me is everything is going to be okay. In the days ahead, everything is going to work out. It's more than that, but it's just the the easiest way, one of the things, the easiest way to explain it. Everything is going to be okay. And I began to take the promises and I began to hold on to them. You know, and this is... But it's like, see, when we look at things from a renewed mind, we will not see the problems. We will look at the promises and we'll see through God's perspective and we'll see solutions. You know, the more we read that word... And the more we give ourselves to Christ, the more we are transformed and experience this thing called the renewed mind. I watch a guy, regular, an Australian guy, and he said, Many experiences with God. And he was teaching on this just, I watch him on YouTube once a week, and he puts a new program on. He said, Many experiences with God. And he was speaking about this thing called the renewed mind. And he, he was saying a lot of stuff that I can identify with. He's talking about God taking us on a journey. A journey really of sanctification, of restoration, of really renewing our minds. And he was really saying, that journey, it seems to be slow. It seems to be a slow process. And I thought, well, I can really identify with that. I said, because I feel like I've been on this journey. But it has been a slow process, you know. And it, it has been change. Over the last few years, but I would say it's only a measure of change because the Bible promises his transformation. But then he says something very interesting. You know, and I trust what this guy says. It says that process of having your mind renewed by the Word of God. It says it will reach a point of critical mass. Used it, I never heard of that term before, I didn't know what it meant but I had maybe an idea when I looked it up what it would mean and uh, it says it will reach a point of critical mass does anybody know what that term means and uh, what, it, what it means is they use it in uh, neuro, no neurology uh, like nuclear physics and stuff like that and they use it, they can use it, there's different definitions but this is what it means it speaks of a process and that process reaches a certain point. It moves slow to begin with, and it moves slow for a period of time. So we're thinking here about the renewing of the mind, the transformation, being transformed into a new person by the renewing of the mind. So that process is going along, and it's going at a particular pace. But it reaches a certain point where that process begins to explode. And I was like, oh my goodness! You know, I really believe. You know, that is what God is saying when we're in this journey with him, this intense, if it's deepening its tense, is going to reach a certain point where the transformation within us begins to explode. And it begins to take on a life of its own. You know, Duncan Campbell, he came from Skye, the island of Sky, to the island of Lewis. And uh, the, the revival in Lewis in 1948, it was already in full swing. You know, he was one of the people God used in it. And the presence of God, had, had touched the island, and he got off the boat, and they said, "We're going to take you to the man's, and we're going to give you supper, and uh, that's you for the night." But on the way there, can you come into the church and just give them a wee address? There's about two or three hundred people there, you know. And uh, he says, "Okay, I'll do that." And he went into the church, you know. And he says, "He never got his supper that night." The presence of God began to move. It was sovereign. It was powerful. And God began to move right throughout that whole place. After a few hours, as he was leaving, somebody appeared come in and says to them, can you come to the police station? I was watching this on a documentary just recently and I've read different accounts of it as well. Can you come to the police station? And we were talking about just outside the police station and he says, okay. So he and some others went and there was people absolutely everywhere. And these people had came for the next, eight, next part, of the next bit of the island. They came for another kind of location within the island. And they're everywhere. And there was no logical explanation for it whatsoever. Except the police officer in the station was a born again Christian but the two wee women who prayed this in they prayed it in. There were two of the people who prayed it in. Their house was there, and that's the only thing they could think of. But they were outside, outdoors. It was late at night, and the presence of God began to move. You know, this stuff cannot happen by chance. The presence of God began to move. People began to get saved. Different generations of people. Seven of them ended up in the ministry, and this woman was uh, on her knees. An older woman, thanking God for the salvation of her son. And his name is Jim, or Jimmy. And uh, this is what it told you in the documentary. And that guy ended up in the ministry. But these, I shared a wee bit of this before, about the two o- older ladies, two sisters, who prayed. See, they were praying, and they were praying, and they were praying. And something was awakened within them. And I know that has happened to some people, some people in here. Something has awakened within them that there has got to be more. And we sang the last song there about the wasn't maybe not the last song, but the desperation. Desperate for you. I know it's happened in this place and it's happening to many people. There's something been awakened and there's a desperation coming forth for God to move, for the fire of God to fall. And when these women were praying. God gave them a scripture. For I'll pour water in him who is thirsty. It's Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3. For I'll pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I'll pour out my spirit upon your descendants and my blessing upon your offspring. And they began to get hold of that scripture. And it says, I'm not letting go. And they began to get hold of it and you might be been here this morning and you might have challenges going on in your life but let me tell you as we begin to read that Bible and read it and read it God will give you promises and when those challenges come you hold on to the promises that you, we don't give up and we keep going we keep going but God began to move for three years all across that island and he took it out you know some of them went to different nations you know and done many amazing things but you know that is came and went It is a new day It is a new day graham uh, read from isaiah chapter six that isaiah uh, it says who am i i'm a man of unclean lips and i dwell among the people of unclean lips but next thing began to have an experience with god it began to have an encounter where it says the seraphim meaning like the angel Came with the tongue, with a no no took the I don't know if it says tongue, but it took the the, the heavenly coal, the coal, the burning coal, and put it on his lips and it says it was purged, it was purged, it was purified. Isaiah get touched with the holy fire of God. The holy fire of God he get touched with that. And you know this is what God wants to do. He wants he, he wants us to cry out for the fire. That it would burn up the wood, the hay and the stubble. That stuff is wrong in our lives. That's to leave the gold and the silver and the precious stones. And that was Isaiah, a man who thought he was not worthy. Who thought he could not do it. Has an encounter with the living God. Where he gets took up into the throne room. And he says, I saw the Lord on the throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And the seraphim cried out. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And it says that the fire of God touched his life. The heavenly coat touched his life. It had an experience. he had an encounter. But sanctification begins to take place. And God began to make him holy. And somebody who thought wasn't, he, he didn't measure up. He thought he didn't measure up. The next thing God says is whom shall I send? And Isaiah says send me, I will go. And God is saying again this morning. And he's saying to many people whom shall I send? Who will give their selves fully to me? Who will sacrifice their life upon the altar that my fire may touch their life? You know I know the challenges are not they're not good, you know, and I think God, how much longer this thing, that thing, the next thing, and I don't want to walk through them either, but sometimes you just need to, for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross you know, whatever you get through this morning, God is going to bring you out the other end of it, he will make a way where there seems to be no way but in that, you know, God is a I'm just, obviously I've been speaking, I'm just going to finish you now, but God is a master architect, he puts things in our life, needs within our lives, will take us to that point of desperation when we cry out to him and the last, after that song, I'm desperate for you the next thing it says was I'm lost without you I'm lost without you so I'm just going to pray and, you know, I just thank God for this meeting this morning, for the, you know, the prayers I heard within that, uh, the prayer meeting and the, the, the worship because the, the atmosphere just shifted. You know, prayer and worship shifts atmospheres. And I, seen, I, re- I felt a real atmospheric shift in this place. And we're going to cry out again until God does this. Father, we come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I see the the hunger and thirst and the desperation within this place for the fire of God to fall we thank you Lord that fire is going to fall we thank you it's going to fall in this place and it's going to fall within communities within Scotland it's going to bring deliverance from sin Lord deliverance from the demonic influences Lord deliverance from addiction deliverance from uh, sexual immorality Lord deliverance from mental health issues it's going to that fire fire is going to manifest not just as a fire that delivers but a a fire that heals a fire that heals broken bodies Lord and we're living now for one thing and one thing only for the fire of God to fall within this place within this community Lord within our communities Lord within our families Lord For for, for those who are are crying out for kids, Lord, they're praying. It is multi-generational. I'll pour out your spirit, eh, on your blessing on your offspring, and my uh, for I'll pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground, I'll put my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring we are going to cry out and we're going to cry out until it happens Lord and we're going to praise you Lord and this presence of God is going to come, the glory of God is going to come, we are going to be set free Lord, you're going to take us into that place of wholeness take us into that place of abundant life we respond differently for the challenges we respond completely different Lord and we'll just get peace Lord and it doesn't seem as big as w- it because we look at it from a God perspective. Lord, we're crying out, Lord, for the presence, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.